You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As you heard the voice at the intro say, I am your host, Stuart Brooking. If you can tell my voice, I'm a little hoarse today. I got a sore throat, so you know we're going to try to power through it and make it through the podcast. But it's a Super Bowl special today of the Morning Brew with Stu, my a guest of mine, a friend of mine, Cole McCain, is here. He's an Eagles fan. If you can't tell by the by the gear he's wearing, he is for sure an Eagles fan. So first of all, I want to say welcome. And second of all, I want to say congratulations to your team. I bet you're stoked. It's Super Bowl week. Your team's in the big game. And, dude, I can't imagine what you're going through right now. I appreciate it, man. Definitely very excited. Um one of those situations you kind of want to be in. Um, it's a little stressful. Won't deny that either, but it's definitely where you want to be, man. You can't win it if you're not there. Listen, there was a lot of questions, cool, about Jalen Hurts. I was one of those guys, especially coming out. I didn't think Hurts could be a franchise guy. And then you head into this year, and there's a lot of questions. Everyone's saying, hey, those Eagles, they got they got two first-round picks. If they need to move up, they were going to Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, or Will Levis, they could do it. At what point in your mind did Jalen Hurts secure himself as the guy, or has he secured himself as the guy, in your opinion? He definitely has. And I think um, when you saw him in the first game, the first, like, three, four games for me, right? Because you have one game, you say, okay, you know, anybody can have a good game um, against the Lions. But as we started to play some of the other games, you just saw that he was clearly – just progressing at a, at a um, steady rate from where he was last year. You know, um, I didn't think he would progress as much as he has. I expected this to be like, you know, we'll make the playoffs, win a game, you know, depending on the matchup, maybe we get lucky, but I didn't expect to be in the Super Bowl until we got to like seven, eight. Oh, that's when I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this, this is kind of good. But um, <clears throat> I think in about the first four weeks, that first quarter of the season, seeing him consistently, play well, gave me a lot of confidence that we were going to be, you know, where we're at at this point, or at least have an opportunity to be there. Cause you never can hundred percent tell, but I feel like we had a chance at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me, when I kind of realized it was the Colts game and I say that because I'm a Colts fan, I watched it, but this is a team heading into that game that was putting up a bunch of points. I mean, a, a crap ton of points. And then they only score 16. And 16 is all they needed to win it. I think that, to me, said something about Jalen and the fact of even when things aren't going right, this guy can figure it out and at the end walk right into the end zone to give you guys the victory, you know, versus the Indianapolis Colts. I thought that, for me, was the, was the point where it secured it because, you know, some guys get a little – you know, nervous or, or scared or they start to panic a little bit during those situations. He was right. cool, calm, and collected and I think really secured himself as as the franchise guy at that point. Here's the here's the big thing. This is the shocker to me. Nick Sirianni was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was good. Don't get me wrong. We had some of the best offensive years under Nick Sirianni. But he looked kind of like a goof and kind of a little bit of a of a guy that no one really kind of understood when he became the head coach there at Philadelphia. Man, I mean, 
this team's bought in. This team loves Nick. Sirianni's done a great job. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Nick Sirianni and so far as a head coach and what he's done there in Philadelphia? Um, so I, I'm definitely impressed with Nick. Um, last year I was calling him Silly Sirianni because of some of the things he was doing. But everything turned around when he handed off the play calling duties to Shane Steichen um, around, I think, was the game future last year. The future Indianapolis Colts head coach. I'm going to speak it into existence right now. Hey, man, um, I'd rather you take the defensive coordinator, but, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, um, Steichen, man, he's when he took over, he started really utilizing the run. Um, I liked the fact that Sirianni has placed himself in a position where he can be the hype man. He can be the last to go through. He can just be a head coach, right? Defense is not doing well. Jonathan Gann, come here. Offense is not doing well. Shane Steichen, come here. Let them call the plays. Let them do that. I'm a big proponent of do your job. His job is to manage the entire coaching staff and team, not to be focused more on the offense. So I love the fact that he pulled back and said, all right, let me just be the head coach. Let me let the coordinators that I brought in do what they're supposed to do on both sides of the ball and let me be the head coach. I can be the pump-up guy. I can grab somebody and argue at him if I need to, but I can just be a coach and just enjoy what's happening on the field and help the t- help both sides of the ball make corrections. And I think that really catapulted him um, as far as him doing his job properly, as far as him being able to see the totality of the team and help them actually be better. So the biggest thing for me with Nick is, giving up those duties and just being the head coach and saying, Hey, I'm just going to make sure everything runs smooth and I'm going to let the other guys I have do their job and also identifying guys. So if something happens, uh, like what happened with the coach did to us last time we won the Super Bowl, but I don't even blame the coach. I just want to say, I blame that jerk who did, who took the job and then let it go. I'm not even going to say his name. He doesn't deserve that, but that's who I blame. So, you know, we'll see what happens as far as you take his station, but, Hey man, I think you could do. I think he could be a pretty good head coach. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. This isn't a Colt. This isn't about the Colts, but I am thinking. You know, since they're waiting so long to announce who the head coach is, he's definitely probably a front runner. One or two, in my opinion, right. he's probably one or he's two. All right, well, just, listen, you guys are playing the Chiefs. This is a tough team. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we know. A former league MVP, probably going to be right up there with Jalen Hurts to win it again this year. Carried the team to the Super Bowl. He's this to me is the most impressive year of Patrick Mahomes' career. And I understand he had the 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, all that kind of stuff. But there were questions what's he going to do without Tyreek Hill? What's he going to do without these weapons or these weapons? And he's throwing to Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez Valdez Scantling and all these guys. And he stepped up and carried the team to the Super Bowl. This, to me, is the best version of Mahomes. But I think that Eagles defense is good, too. And what's that Eagles defense got to do to to maintain? And what's this offense for the Eagles got to do to to be able to walk out here victorious on, on Sunday? So the defense has to use all of the available weapons. So we need Jordan Davis, you know, out there doing his thing as far as the defensive line. Robert Quinn, when he's in there doing his thing, you know, we need Brandon Graham, Linval Joseph, Fletcher Cox, and Dominican Sue. We may see some Nicobe Dean sightings, which is kind of rare sometimes. Uh, we need Josh Sweat, you know, doing his thing. It's just so many guys, Javon Hargrave, and this is just the line. This is just the defensive line I'm talking about here. Milton Williams. We need all of these guys set 
and ready to make plays. <clears throat> then when you talk about, you know, the secondary, we need a great game out of Bradbury. We need a great game out of Slade. We need them focused and ready to play for four quarters. Whatever happens, they need to do what they need to do. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is probably the guy to watch for the most because he is one of the guys that um, makes a big difference. He's one of the guys that caused a lot of the turnovers we had earlier in the season. He's listed as a safety, but he's a guy who's also played a lot of corner and can play corner successfully, and that ability to be flexible has helped us out a lot. Now, I did save one guy in Hassan Reddick. The reason I saved Hassan Reddick is because I'm thinking, I'm trying to envision who on that team is going to be the guy that's going to be burdened with trying to stop Hassan Reddick from getting to where he gets to always, which is to the quarterback and putting him on his butt. So I'm serious. I'm curious to see who that guy is going to be for the team. You know, you talk about the other safety, Marcus Epps. He's not as great, of course, but he's not bad. The best thing I can say about Marcus Epps is we don't talk about him. And when I say that, what I mean is he's solid. He does what he needs to do to allow, whether it was Chauncey Garner-Johnson, you know, whether it was our rookie Blankenship in there playing the other safety position, he allowed them to play the way that they need to play to be successful and he did what he needed to do playing off of them. So that's kind of what you want when you have one very high profile safety position. And then you have another safety. You just want there to be a guy where you say, well, we can't pick on him either because it's not going to work. Now, I would say if we're discussing a weakness in a place where we may need to help, we're going to have to look at our linebacking group. And that's Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. And I want to say this by far. And I want to repeat, by far, this is the best linebacker duo that I think I remember seeing since prior to our Super Bowl, our last Super Bowl win in 2017. You know, these are two guys who they're not great, but they're both solid guys. You hear them make plays, you see them make plays, they're around the ball, they're tackling, they're being aggressive. They're doing everything that you can ask of them. Um, you got some depth at linebacker with N'Kobe Dean. He can play either spot. You know, you got at safety, Kavon Wallace, you know, guys like Zach McPherson, Reed Blankenship, because even your your backup cornerbacks can play some safety for you, right, if you need them to. And sometimes they end up being better there. So I think defensively, it's using all the different pieces. It's rushing Mahomes. It's making him uncomfortable. It's getting pressure with the front four so you can still cover. It's focusing on Travis Kelsey. You know, Claude Edwards-Hilaire is going to be back um, on the team, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um he hasn't been too impressive for them. He had a really great rookie year, but I haven't seen a lot out of him since then. I um, had him in fantasy a couple of times. Stop making that mistake. Um, I think uh, their running game with McKinnon, especially in the passing part of it, we're going to have to be watchful for. Um, I think also you look at, um, I always say his name wrong, Pacheco. Uh, Pacheco is going to be somebody to watch out for as well. MVS played really well for them last week by the Scantling. Um, they should have their other wide receivers back minus um, – I forgot which one of the guys went on um, IR. I know one of their wide receivers went on IR, but they should have everybody but him back. Um, actually, it was uh, McCole Hartman, yeah. So Hartman's on um, IR, and that's who Claude Edwards-Solaire's place took. So it's going to be interesting to see how our defense uh, focuses against those guys. We've been middle of the road, stopping the run all year. We've looked a lot better at the end of the year in the playoffs with the run, but – I mean, you don't want to take a mini sample size, give us the whole season. And honestly, there's been some times where you say, hmm, Eagles got to be a little bit better there. So it's a lot of different things that we'll need to do with pressure, covering the receivers, double teaming Kelsey. 
um, and making sure that we keep a spy out in that backfield, not just for Mahomes, but also to pay attention when McKinnon's in the game um, and what he can do to, to attack you in the passing game. So I think that's what we'll need to do all defensively, and we need to get some turnovers if we can. Yeah, I mean, you force <clears throat> Mahomes to get some turnovers, and I think you guys will be rolling. Here's the thing, Cole, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is a – I think you guys are more talented, but as a as a team, as a whole – as a unit, but I they got that bad man over there wearing number fifteen, and I I I'm not giving. Listen, people have been asking me all week who am I who who do I pick to win? I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not picking anybody because <laughs> you're just watching all, the game, right? All I want is a good game. I told my wife that today. I said I don't want a repeat of the Rams Patriots Super Bowl a few years ago where it came. It was that boring. You expected a high flying offense of the Rams to go off and nothing happened. Like you don't want that. I want yeah. I want 2017 Eagles Patriots. That's what I want. I want just balls flying all over the place, touchdowns being scored, 400 yards from each quarterback. I want insane amounts of offense. We'll see. I'm I'm pulling for Jalen Hurts because I heard something the other day on the podcast and it made sense. And I never thought about it like this. We're coming into the era, cool, of mobile quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Matt Ryan, Philip, those guys are the, they're in the past. Those are mm-hmm. dinosaurs. Those are the old ways to play. It's like watching Otto Graham back, you know, in the early 2000s and saying, hey, that was the old way to play. This is the new way. Right. There's never been a guy who we've considered a like actual mobile quarterback, right? To like, even get here, right? To even to even get here, I mean, mm-hmm. you can say, well, what about Russell Wilson? He's more of a dual threat, I would say. He fits that category. To be more of a a running, when we think of Jalen Hurts, we put him in the same category as we put Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson and some of those other guys as as running quarterbacks who were really good throwers. He's the first one, in my opinion, to make it, and I think he's the first one, in my opinion, to have a really good shot at winning the Super Bowl. And and really, I think if I'm if I'm a guy sitting at home in these in the future coming up, if I'm a Jalen, if I'm a an Anthony Richardson from Florida who's going to be drafted this April, if I'm a a the kid from Tennessee, Hendon Hooker, I'm mm-hmm. wanting Jalen Hurts to win because yeah. if Jalen Hurts wins, it's going to change the course of how teams draft for the next decade. It just will. You looked at Russell Wilson, he won a Super Bowl. Johnny Manziel got drafted in the first round. Um, Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick. And that's all a result of how well Russell Wilson did. If Hurts mm-hmm. wins a Super Bowl, guys will be overdrafted, will be drafted because of Jalen Hurts and what he's able to do. And people are going to say, that's what you need to win a Super Bowl. Agreed. Um, for Jalen Hurts, we have to go back. Right? If you're going to talk Jalen Hurts, you got to go back to Alabama. He comes into Alabama. The first year, he's not really that much of a passer. He's not horrible, but he's not really that much of a passer. Yeah. You see a lot of progression from year one to year two, year two to year three. Keep in mind, what people don't talk about about him is he's the son of a coach, a football coach. Yeah. So this is a kid that was brought up playing football, being a quarterback from a young age. Smart, smart kid. Very intelligent. He knows the game. What happened was it took some time for it to slow down for him. Going to Alabama, you're there for a couple of years, you're the guy. Then, you know, you have a situation with Tua. He takes it like a guy. He takes it like a strong man. Like, he doesn't 
think about it. He takes over like a man says, hey, it is what it is. Tua takes over. He supports Tua. No negativity from him at all. Tua gets hurt. He comes back in. He plays well. Then he leaves. <clears throat> he goes to Oklahoma. And he's the Heisman runner-up. So you think about from the freshman year where we can both agree, and I think anybody can agree. I think he'd probably even say this himself. He wasn't the best throwing quarterback to being a Heisman runner-up. You're not a Heisman runner-up in college just because you run the ball. If you can't throw the ball, you will not get Heisman. This isn't, this isn't 2005 with Tim Tebow. Right. You're right. You yeah. can't run the ball. Yeah. So then we get, we draft him. So I have a funny story about that. But before that, I said, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the best quarterback out of this draft class. My, I said it on my play caller show. My co-host laughed in my face. Well, that's the Thomas class. That's the class Day. with with Burrow and Herbert and Tua, isn't it? Uh, it's either the or the year before. I'd have to double check, but here's why I said it. We want to judge potential, but we only want to use potential in the people we want to see it in. We don't want to say, "Okay, Jalen Hurts, this is where he started. It. This is where he's coming into the league at. If he made that big of a jump in four years." What is he going to do when he gets around elite coaching? What is he going to do when he doesn't have to focus on class anymore and just go play quarterback? What is he going to, how hard is his work ethic? These are all the things that we heard nothing but positive things about for him. The negatives we heard was untruths that he couldn't process uh, playing quarterback in the NFL. He couldn't process playing quarterback in college. That's why he got ran out of Alabama. My question is, when you saw what Tua was doing, yeah, you're going to go with the younger guy. You're going to have longer. But what did Jalen Hurts do wrong? He didn't really do anything wrong. He just got beat by a younger guy who was just as good as him at that point. Having a chip on your shoulder, having desire, that makes a difference. And that's the, that's the same class, right? He was drafted as, He was drafted the same year as Herbert, Burrow, and Tua. So I, I'm yep. not going to completely and agree. I still – I'm not going to completely agree with you and say he's the, and here's he's the best in that draft class. I'll give him probably right now. I put him above Herbert, so I give him two behind here's Burrow. The, but I'm not the putting them. I'm not putting them one. Here's the thing: How do we judge our quarterbacks' greatness? What do they need to do to be great quarterbacks? Well, they win. They, they can have stats out the wazoo. They can go everywhere. They can go to the Super Bowl, and they cannot win it. But how do we judge great quarterbacks? All the names that you brought up earlier, what did they all have in common? Never ring. And they won Super Bowls. So Jalen Hurts goes out here and gets a ring this year and then goes out and gets another one in the next two to three years. I'm looking a lot better than everybody who was laughing. <laughs> because, see, you have to understand desire and you have to understand being in the right situation. The fact that we said, and I will, and this is the funny story. So, Watching a draft comes around. Justin Jefferson's on the board. I am giddy. I'm like, oh, we're about to get Justin Jefferson. We are about to. There's no way we're gonna not get Justin Jefferson. He's laying in our lap. And I said in the draft, Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in this draft, but he's not gonna be drafted first because the hype is on other people. But Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in this draft. These are the two things I said. I have them on tape. So this is not just me saying that. I, I, I could go pull up the, the archives. He failed to us. I'm just sitting there like, ha-ha, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I'm like, we better not draft no Jalen Rager, bro, with Justin Jefferson sitting here. And we drafted Jalen Rager. And I have to admit, 
I don't even know what happened in the draft until like the fourth round. From that pick until like the fourth round, I was there, but I wasn't really there anymore. Because all I could think of in my mind was we haven't picked this guy with our first round pick. This guy had like a third round grade. <laughs> I know. Pick. I was there. I was there. Dude, I have never been so disappointed in just the whole staff. I want the whole uh, scout staff fired. Like I was like, everybody needs to go. Howie, everybody, they all need to go. I think, not to cut you off, I think the thing for me with, with Jalen Hurts is I've, I've been seeing this interview going around lately where Hurts was still at Alabama, and he was had an interview with Tom Rinaldi. He does a, a lot of college football for ESPN. Mm-hmm. And in that interview, they're talking about that championship game versus Georgia where Tua comes in, hits Devontae Smith in the end zone for the touchdown. And as he's talking about it, Jalen's smiling, and Tom – Tom asked him, said, Jalen, why are you smiling? Like, you know, what about it? And he said, because we're champions, dude. They said, so it doesn't bother you that Tua came in and and one, he said, no, we're champions. And like, that's all that matters is, you know, we won as a team. And it's things like that that you can't, you can't judge, right? We can judge your 40 time. We can judge your mm-hmm. vertical leap. We can judge how strong your arm is. All that's on tape, right? But the fact that's that he's a places. team guy. The fact that he didn't care that he got benched, he was there to, you know, hey, I got your back, dude. Let's go win the national championship. Those types of things. That tells you this is a guy who's willing to do whatever it takes to win. I missed it coming out in the draft. I I said Jalen was not that guy. I said he was Tyrod Taylor. At the peak, he was Tyrod Taylor. A lot of people did. And I'm wrong. I've been wrong. I'll admit I'm wrong. Jalen Hurts was the guy, is the guy. And he's going to get a big fat contract in the offseason. You're going to pay him a lot of money, and he's going to be here for a long, long time. But, yeah, Jalen, to me, I think the key to him and the reason the Eagles are where they are, because I was a Carson Wentz guy when when they first drafted him. I was a Carson Wentz guy. But I think the key is the heart, and I think the key is, you know, Jalen is finding the best way to, to win. You're right. He's a smart player. Smart player. Very, very smart player. All right. Cool. I want to turn to this real quick. You went, you're coming up. Brock Purdy goes down. Josh Johnson goes down. Brock Purdy comes back in. You guys jump out to like a hundred to nothing lead. What goes through your mind? At what point did it hit? And when are you like, heck yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl? When did you start? pulling out the debit card or credit card buying all the <laughs> NFC championship gear. At what point, what went through your mind? And then at what point did you realize, Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl? So the first thought was, yeah, he's hurt, but is he going to really stay out? Right. Yeah. Um, and then the whole game, my only thought was we're still not going to get any respect. Even if we win this game, even if Brock pretty plays, because the narrative was going to be, uh, they didn't have Trey Lance. They didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. They had to have their Mr. Irrelevant. That's who you beat. Then he gets hurt. Josh Johnson comes in. I don't know if Josh Johnson is going to play the whole game. I don't know if it's just a couple of series. I don't know if it's just we're going to keep him out to halftime, kind of like what happened with Mahomes. Didn't know. So <clears throat> come back out the second half. He's still not playing. Um, you know, I was actually watching it at a sports bar with some 49ers fans. So they were like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, just, just answer this. Was the hit dirty? They're like, no, nah, it wasn't dirty. It was, it, was a, it was a football play. So <clears throat> I'm like, well, again, like I was telling you a few minutes ago, Hassan Reddick, 
if you're going to allow him to get to your quarterback, and I'm not saying he's out there trying to hurt anybody, but he's hitting you, he's knocking you down, he's trying to strip you, he's doing all the things that he's been taught to do, and he's great at it. And in the defense that he's in, he's fantastic. 19 and a half sacks so far this year, including the playoffs. So <clears throat> around the, the fourth quarter, I was like, this is looking kind of good for us. About halfway through, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to win this game. Right. So at that point, I'm like, cool. You know, I'm still watching because um, very excited. But I'm weird. I don't buy the NFC championship gear. And the reason is I didn't buy it in 2017 because I feel like if I'm buying that, I'm celebrating second level greatness. OK, now what I now what I will say. We win this game Sunday. The card is coming out. OK, you're buying it's it gonna be, you're buying it's it going to be it's going to be on fire by the time I finish. So <laughs> <laughs> so that will happen. But I think about halfway through the third quarter. And then while I'm watching the rest of the game, I'm just thinking like, man, we're going to be playing Kansas City. And I picked Kansas City because <clears throat> Cincinnati was too arrogant. They gave them a lot of bulletin board material and they got number 15. You don't have a line to block your quarterback. You can't beat great teams. And win or lose, Kansas City is a great team. So that's when kind of that switch happened about halfway through the fourth. I'm like, we're in there, baby. <laughs> you know, me and my buddy were there. We were like, yeah, but we in there. But that's, yeah, that's about when it hit, man. So just got real excited at that point. And I started thinking about Hurts all season. Like, man, number one's been doing it. I like what you said earlier about the um about that game. And then that was coming off a loss. And the thing is, we lost the game against the commanders. He didn't go come out of the locker room, blame anybody. He said, hungry dogs run faster. And now he's changed and updated to starving dogs play harder for the Super Bowl. So the thing is, like you just said, mental. He's there. He's a leader. It's natural for him. Right? He you just he's just a likable guy. You know, and you were saying before, I completely agree with you. The Eagles have to worry about number 15. But on the reverse of that, the Chiefs have to worry about number one. And whether you feel like it, he's the MVP or not, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. I think it's going to be Mahomes. Right? Um, just because. But the fact that he went from a from the beginning of the season, all season, a lot of even Eagles fans saying he shouldn't be the quarterback to now he solidified that role. And it's different times of the season for different people, even Eagles fans. A lot of them were waiting for two or three game losing streak. To play, oh, Jaden Hurts is not the guy, but he never came. But I think that um, to answer the rest of the question from earlier about our offense, I'm sure you were about to go there anyway. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go there for you. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> um, Jalen Hurts, you're going to have to watch him throw the ball, run the ball. I think the shoulders hurt, not injured, but hurt. Uh, there's going to be some pain. He's going to have to play through it. The injury's not going to heal completely until he gets probably four or five weeks where he's not needing to do anything and he's just resting and allow it to heal. That's not going to happen until after Sunday. Um, even if you strain it worse, you make the injury worse, and you have to sit for longer, it's worth it to be where we're at because you don't get here a lot. You know, um, I think the running back room, Gainwell, Scott, um, and our first thousand yard back and Lord knows when, you know, uh, back there, that group, you're going to have to pay attention to them. You're right. You're also going to have to worry about that line because that line is going to open up holes. They're going to pull. They're going to protect hurts. 
you're going to get some pressure. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't believe he's going to sit back there in a clean pocket all day. We're playing the Super Bowl. But I think he's going to have a lot more windows to throw and a lot more um, time that we're going to see Mahomes have. Also think the wide receivers are going to get off. I don't think it's going to be A.J. Brown because I think they're going to specifically try to take him out and try to take um, a lot of routes away from Goddard, which is going to leave Devontae Smith um, in the backs, especially Gainwell, uh, to make some catches. Um, so then you've got to account for the running of Jalen Hurts as well. So I think it's going to be a lot of different things that we're going to be able to do, a lot of different plays. We're going to make a lot of wrinkles we're going to throw in. Because I believe, at least hoping, that there's been times this year where we kind of bird dogged it in a sense of not showing everything to save it for this opportunity that we felt we were going to have. So we're here now. Everything's got to come off. We just got to win. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Hey, big thank you for coming on to talk to Super Bowl. Do you want to, do you want to give me a score prediction or no? I will give you a score prediction. All right. What's the score prediction? My score prediction is 34, 29. Okay. All right. And I'll even I'll even be this arrogant with you. I think they get to 29 because they get a late touchdown because we pull our starters. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. We're gonna do football trivia now. Let's go. I'm gonna ask you the first one is a Super Bowl related question. Mm. Which company manufactures the Vince Lombardi trophy? I don't know that one. It's a very popular jewelry company. Jared? No. Nah. <laughs> high end. High end, dude. I'll give you. It's Tiffany and Company. Really? I did not yeah. know that. They make the Super Bowl. Hmm. All right. This one, I'm going to ask you. Which NFL team has the only logo that faces left? The Eagles. Yep. Yep. And I, you want me to tell you why? Why? If you look in the actual logo... There's an E facing to the right. That's why we're allowed to have our logo to the left. Okay. Within, within the bird, there's like an E right in here facing to the right. That's why we're allowed to have our logo to the left. Hmm. Didn't even think about that. All right. I'll give you one more. I'm going to make it kind of tricky. Tricky. That's fair. What record did the 1938 Chicago Bears do for? 56 times in a season. What? Let me ask. What turnover did the Chicago Bears force 56 times in the 1938 season? Oh, fumbles, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's it. All right, cool. Well, I got Big two out of three. You. There you go. <laughs> Big thank you for coming on to the pod, dude. I appreciate it. Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday. Your Eagles are playing, dude. Yes, sir. Enjoy it. Don't stress too much. If you do, I don't blame you. I'd be stressed out too. <laughs> if they lose, don't pull an Aaron Rodgers and isolate yourself in a dark room for four days. You know, just make sure you uh you, you see some daylight, all right? Real quick, let people know where they can find you, what you're working on, those types of things. Absolutely, man. But I want to also thank you, man, for uh, being one of my contributors on the uh, Matchup Madness, man. It was great to have you there. Um, I know your schedule changed, but hopefully we'll at least get you some of the time next yeah. year. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of some of the products projects are going to be ending. Uh, but tonight, um, which is every Wednesday, actually, at 830 p.m. Eastern time, 
the Eagles Elite Podcast, youtube.com forward slash at Eagles Elite Podcast. Um, talking all Eagles, we'll be doing some more Super Bowl previewing. So, yeah, nothing new with that. Um, also, you can find me on Friday nights, year round, playcollegesportstalk.com forward slash live. Uh, we talk a little bit of everything. It's more like a round table. We like to be interactive. Um, so, you know, if you're watching that, uh, you interact with us on. Um, so from time to time, we'll have people come on, kind of talk sports with us on there as well. Saturday nights, um, this will be the season finale for that as well, the NFC Beast podcast. And you can actually catch that on my Eagles Elite channel as well. Um, and then Friday night also after the play callers on my Sports Empire Network at 9 p.m. You can catch us um, on the top of the key podcast, all things NBA. So a couple of the places where you can find me. Um, going to be doing a wrestling show, AEW, WWE, Impact, New Japan. Um, it's probably going to be Tuesday nights. Now the time is looking like 8 p.m. Eastern, but we'll see how that plant that plays out. That'll also be on Sports Empire Network. So yeah, man, just grinding, man, getting some more time in front of the camera, putting some more of my foolishness out into the universe. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you. I was glad to talk the Super Bowl, man. Um, Absolutely. Enjoy it. Have a good day on Sunday. I'll be thinking of you, and uh, definitely appreciate it, man. Yeah, have a good one, man. You too, man. Thanks for those of you listening at home. Have a. Uh, if you like this podcast, please share it. Listen, I can only do so much, right? I can only post on social media, do all that stuff. It's you guys that helps the podcast grow. So please share the podcast, spam it in your work, in your employees, your fellow employees' DMs, their work email, their text messages, their social media, spam it, help it grow, help it expand and and help get more viewerships and and listens and those types of things but a big Absolutely. thank you to those listening have a good day good night good afternoon whatever it is you have a good one and i'll see you next week